We thank you that we are children of God, that you have our best interests in mind, that you're looking after us, that you care for us, that you take care of all the details of our lives, Lord Jesus, that we can put our faith in you. Our trust and our hope is anchored upon you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray for these next few moments as we look at your word and as we're encouraged in your word today. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, Lord. Challenge us, Lord God. Build us up and help us to become all that you're calling us to be. Let our hearts be open today. Let us be ready to receive all that you want to do. And Lord, we pray for the mighty New South Wales Blues that they will win on Wednesday night and your favour and blessing will still be upon the Newcastle Knights. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can take a seat this morning. It's good to be in church together today. On this special Sunday, the first Sunday in June. And today marks the start of our Strengthening Home Month. I thank God for all the incredible things that we are seeing happen all throughout the world as we support through missions a number of different areas. And the amount of uh, resource that's been given towards that, the time that people have sown towards uh, being part of those different areas, the children that are sponsored and lives that are impacted through that and churches around the world that are impacted through that is absolutely incredible. There's something powerful to me about this month of June where we focus on our house here, on our local expression here where we really aim to strengthen home. And I want to just talk to you just for a few moments, just a bit off topic this morning from what I'm about to preach on from my message, but I just want to speak to you as your leader this morning about our home here and about building our home here at City Church. By God's grace, we are seeing forward movement in a whole bunch of areas at City Church right now. We're seeing great momentum and great things that are happening in the life of the church. And I just want to praise God and honor Him from the outset for that, which is absolutely incredible. I think He's worthy of a praise offering because it's amazing. Praise God. I love it. And I have the benefit of working with an incredible board and elders and team who just steward this church so well and lead us forward into our future. And it's exciting to see some of the great things that are happening across the life of the church and the growth that is happening there. And I'm really excited about the future. You know, we said that this year, the theme for the year was Arise. And Isaiah 60 says this, Arise, City Church, let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine upon you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your hearts will thrill with joy. For merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring to you the wealth of many lands. So we are in a season where we are not just looking to maintain. We are in a season where we are looking to build. When we look at this scripture, when it talks about arising, it talks about a stepping up, a stepping into all that God has for us as a church. We don't want to merely just maintain. 
I want to see our church move forward. I look towards the next decade for City Church, and I just get so excited. I was doing the river walk on Friday and just praying about our future, and I was just so excited about all that God wants to do, so many things that are impressed upon my heart for City Church and for our future. And I just think to myself, God can do the impossible. If we can be faithful stewards with what we have in our hand right now, let's trust that God could do something truly supernatural in our midst. And I don't want to just be a maintainer. I want to be a builder. And I think part of what we are going through as the, as the church is we are changing in a lot of ways, but we are looking to build for the future. And thank God for people that have held the fort for many years. Thank God for many faithful people that are made up in this church that have just held the line for so long. But now is our season to move forward. Now is our season to build and to strengthen, to stretch out and to grow and to do all that God is calling us to do as His church. And I just wanted to encourage you this morning in some ways that you can partner together with us to help home be strengthened and help us to be builders in this season. And firstly, as you would have just received then in our, uh, in our welcome time, you would have received an envelope, which is our strengthening home envelope. It has a scripture on it that says this, God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, in what He is building. And I want to encourage you this morning, over this month of June, we've talked about specifically this month, we are sowing financially into upgrading our sound system. It's something that we have been talking about for many years now, and now is the time to click the button on it and do it. I don't want to be the kind of person that is waiting to the sound system completely blows up and then come to you and say, there is no church next Sunday. I want to be on the front foot with it and be make sure, making sure that we are prepared and building for the generations to come by upgrading our system and strengthening it in a whole bunch of areas. Now listen to me. As a church, I really want us to be able to be building when it comes to our debt. We have a $1.4 million debt on all of these buildings. We are blessed with this incredible facility. It's probably worth about $3.2 million between here and the childcare center. And it's an incredible facility. We have tenants on our right and on our left. We have tenants at the childcare center as well. And we are incredibly blessed to be in this position as a church. But I honestly believe over the next decade, we can rid ourselves of this debt. I honestly believe that we can be owners of this house. I really honestly believe that we can knock that down. But there are some things that we need to do with an aging building and some things like our sound system, as well as our debt, that we need to be able to manage that. It's fantastic to pay the debt, but if we don't have a sound system to be able to run services, that's kind of not going to work. And so we are focusing this year and this month particularly on really getting the funds that are needed. We need $60,000 to be able to replace this sound system and upgrade all the things that we need to do. And then we can really focus on knocking down this debt. And over this next decade, I want to encourage you. I want to inspire you. What could you contribute that over this next decade, we could really make a difference and we could say, you know what, we own this facility. You know what, we've been prophesied as a church that we would be in a prominent position that our building would be in a place that would be in a prominent place where people would be able to see it and would, would be known in this community. And that's an incredible prophecy that's been spoken over this church. But I honestly believe that we need to steward what we have here really well and make sure that we pay it down and we get ourselves in a position to be able to move towards that. It's fantastic to have that pipe dream to be able to move there. And it's incredible to have those words that are spoken over us. But prophecy is conditional. 
And we need to be faithful stewards of what we have right now. If we can lower this debt, it strengthens our position and then gives us the options to be able to move forward in a whole bunch of different ways. And I really believe that over this next decade, we can really take strides forward as a church financially. Are you with me, church? I know you are. Secondly, I want to talk a little bit about serving. You know, they say that uh, churches that are growing, churches that are moving forward, or, or I guess just churches in general, the ratio of the growth of the church or the size of the church is really one volunteer to four people. In other words, if you added up all of the volunteers that are in the church and then you times it by four, that's generally the size of the church. Adding one new volunteer actually adds the capacity for four new people. And so when I think about the life of our church and I think about strengthening home and we want to be able to maintain the growth, we are seeing growth in a whole bunch of different areas right now. And there is, because of that growth, there is a push to, to be able to have more volunteers and more leaders and more people to be able to contain the increase. We look at our kids' ministry, our hosts, our cafe, our caretakers, many of the different teams that we have that help us function on a Sunday and help us function through the week. It's incredible to see that we are seeing growth in all these areas, but we need to be able to have the capacity to be able to contain that growth. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Perhaps you haven't, you're not currently volunteering or not currently serving in an area this morning, but I want to ask you this morning, whether you would consider being part of the team. Consider serving in a way, finding your place. Here's my philosophy on volunteering. I don't want to see one person on three or four different teams working so hard that they have no time for themselves. I would prefer there to be more of us serving together and serving less so that we can actually maintain it and have that kind of ability to be in church ourselves as well, as well as serve. I would prefer to have that kind of mentality. I don't want people to be killing themselves, serving on a Sunday and have no life for themselves as well. Also, when it comes to serving, it doesn't mean you have to stay in that same area for the rest of your life. If you serve on the kids' ministry, that doesn't mean you can't review it in three months, six months, 12 months' time and decide that maybe there's something else that you need to do. And that's the idea with our church. We want it to be flexible. We want there to be opportunity for you to serve and to give. And we want to make it honestly as easy as possible for you to be able to serve God in the gifting that He has given you. And third and finally, I just want to talk to you about stretching your faith. We created the discovery course at the start of this year. And we've encouraged all of our volunteer leaders, everybody that serves on our teams, to get registered and to make sure that you go through the discovery course. You can simply do that online at our website. And we've given, we encourage everybody before the end of June to be able to complete that course. And when you've completed that course, just to let our, our office team know and they'll make sure they update that in your file. And the idea behind that is that we're trying to make sure everybody has a clear understanding of the vision, mission of the church, a clear understanding of what we believe, what we're about. And ultimately, we don't just want to disciple people into city church. We want to disciple people into Jesus. And so this discovery course is all about taking people on a journey to know who Jesus is and know the purpose and the plan that he has for their life. And secondly to that, we have a whole number of connect groups that make up the life of our church. In fact, if we couldn't meet on a Sunday service, that's okay, because we've got connect groups. And we have hundreds of people that meet in our connect groups through the week. 
And I want to encourage you, if you're not currently in a connect group, which is literally just a discipleship group, some people go out for dinner, some other people do a study, some other people do sport together, there's a whole bunch of different groups. I want to encourage you to get involved and be part of a connect group. Be part of an opportunity to be discipled and be around people that can encourage you. That's how we can truly strengthen home. The pastoral staff, the pastoral team, they cannot cover the load all themselves. We need to all play our part together as the church. We are all ministers in Christ, that we could all play our part. Every member is a minister. And we could all play our part as we serve God together and strengthen home. So let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. I just wanted to take some time this morning and actually just want to pray over our miracle offering over this month. And we're going to give an opportunity to be able to give right now, just quickly. And then I'm just going to share just over the next 20 minutes, just a quick thought. And so let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this strengthening home offering, Lord. I thank you for this season that we are in as a church, Lord God, as we're moving forward, Lord God, and seeing your hand on a whole bunch of different areas in this church. God, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory only by your grace, Lord God. And we thank you for this incredible momentum across the life of the church. And I pray, Lord God, in this season, this month of June, Lord, as we begin to strengthen home, Lord God, and focus here on what you're doing here in the Blue Mountains, Lord. I just pray that we would see this uh, miracle offering, Lord God, done uh, miraculously, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that we would see your power, your, your incredible uh, wealth of uh, strength, Lord God, in our lives, Lord Jesus, and the resources that we need for all that we need to do for this uh, uh, incredible upgrade, Lord Jesus. I just pray that you would be with it, you'd be in it, Lord God, and I pray that we'd get more than enough that we need, Lord Jesus. And Lord, more than that, I pray for our, all of our teams, Lord God, and our connect groups, that we would just see an incredible moving forward in all of these areas, people serving you, Lord Jesus, people connecting and being discipled into who you are and becoming great disciples of Jesus Christ. And we just thank you for the growth and we pray for more of it, Lord God, as we build in the season ahead. We ask you for it in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. 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 I believe the team are going to come and just uh, give an opportunity for people that do want to give towards that now. And uh, as they do, then uh, I'll get prepared to, to speak this morning. Well, just recently, I went on a cruise. And it was the first time that I've ever been on a cruise before. And to, to be honest with you, I was nervous about going on this cruise. It was something that I was pretty uh, worried about doing because I thought, am I going to get seasick? Is it going to be one of those moments where, you know, you get on there and you just hate the cruise? Or we've all heard those stories where um, there's these news articles of people going on a cruise and then somebody gets gastro and then it just goes through the whole ship and then everybody's sick and there's people quarantined and the whole, and I was kind of really concerned about this, but... I literally said to some, some, some of my friends, I, I would never do a cruise. And then about two months later, I got invited to a friend's 30th birthday cruise. And it was a whole bunch of guys, a bunch of my different friends from uh, locally and, and around Australia that were gathering together on this cruise for this friend's 30th birthday. And I thought, I just said I didn't want to go on a cruise. And next minute, I find myself paying the deposit to go upon this cruise. And so about three weeks ago, I went on the cruise it was just up to Morton Island, and we had this incredible time. It was 28 guys, 
uh, for this 30th birthday. And I can tell you, we just owned that cruise. I believe there's a picture. I'll put it up on the screens. And uh, you can see it. Here we are, prepping to jump onto the boat. And uh, we just got in full cruise outfits and just owned that moment. And so we got on that cruise and uh, we, wherever we went on that cruise, I'll tell you what, we just owned it. When we went to a restaurant, when we went to um, any of the different areas, when there was a band or something like that, when you've got 28 guys that are kind of rocking into uh, a venue together, that's uh, kind of like you get everyone's attention. Wherever we were stopped, the security people would be like, now listen, boys, we just need to make sure now, <laughs> keep in mind, these are all Christian guys, most of them are, are pastors, and j- j- just keep in mind, guys, that we need to be behaving ourselves tonight, not too much alcohol, not too much, and, and, and they'd kind of really freak out when they see these 28 guys coming almost like a gang into these different areas. Anyway, we, we just found that it was incredible, these moments together, and one day I was sitting, as, as you do, there's a whole bunch of different spa baths that were there, and I made, out, made my way to the spa, and uh, with 28 guys, as you can imagine, it's pretty hard to get everybody in the same spa. And so there's only like two or three different spas that were there, uh, and two of them were taken. And so I went down with one of the other guys, his name was Braden, into this other spa where there was a whole bunch of other people in there. And so we got down there and we start talking. I'm starting to talk to Braden. He's telling me a little bit about his story. I was sharing this at Lawson a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he was started, started to tell me his story. And as you can imagine, you're just really in close quarters. There was like this Chinese family that were in, were in the corner there. There was this mom and daughter there. There was this Aussie guy who was just drinking his beer there. And then there was me and Brayden. And we're all kind of in this close-knit kind of community in the spa. And as we're kind of just sitting there together in this spa, Brayden is this young guy who's just got this incredible faith and he's just starting to talk, talk to me about, I'm like, hey, bro, tell me about your story. And so he starts telling me about his story, about how when he was two years old, um, his mom left his dad and his dad was into drugs and just wanted to get out of that environment. And then one day when he was a teenager, just got this knock on the door and uh, it was the police telling, me, telling his family that his dad had died. And then he starts telling me his God story. And he starts telling me about how Jesus just rocked his life and started to impact his life. Now you can imagine, There's people that are just in close proximity. And I'm like, bro, just play it cool. This guy's just talking so loud. He's so passionate about what Jesus has done in his life. The guy with the beer in his hand is just like quickly drinking his beer. Like, how can I get out of this spa? And uh, and so he just goes on about his story. He's telling it. And the Chinese family get up and they move out of the spa. And uh, so it's just the mom and the daughter, the Aussie guy that's there. And anyways, he's telling his story. He continues on and just about how Jesus has impacted his life and how he's found hope in, in church and, and, and all these things that have happened. And he's like, tell me about your story. And so then I'm like, I start telling him my story and about my mom and my dad passing away and how God's kind of interwoven in that and some of the things that have happened. And these people that are in the spa are just like, what is going on? And uh, so we're just having this kind of like revival meeting, telling our te- essentially telling our testimonies to the trapped people in the spa. And uh, they're all just there watching and just like, what is going on? Anyway, we just keep talking and talking and talking until finally this mom says, I, I, could, I can't help but overhear what you're saying. <laughs> It's like, really? <laughs> and, and so she starts saying to me, as she starts saying, you know what? As you're talking about some of these things that you've overcome and as you're young people, I'm just, I'm just sitting here and I, I've just got to say that it's just recently uh, been Mother's Day and my mom passed away uh, about a week before that. And she starts telling a story about how that had impacted her life and some of the rough stuff that had happened in her life. And she starts saying, 
She said, you know, I've just been so ashamed in my life. She'd had this rough story and she literally had been named at birth. Her name was Destiny Full Stop. That was literally the name that her parents gave her. Obviously, there was a whole bunch of issues with her parents there and uh, I think from her story, there's lots of drugs that were involved in that and she just had this really rough upbringing and she said, you know what, I changed my name to Joe because I just want to be the average Joe. I don't want to be known by this silly name. I don't want to be known by this kind of picture that people have kind of always put over my life. And I'm just grieving that my mum has passed away. And she starts telling a story about when she was younger, how she used to go to this youth ministry. And uh, she's going on telling a story. And I'm like, this is getting heavy now. The guy is quickly chugging that beer. (laughs) Like, he's like, how can I get out of this spa? He's looking around like, somebody save me. And, uh, And so... She's telling a story, and then, and, and then all of a sudden, the Aussie guy goes, you know what? My mum passed away a few years ago from a brain aneurysm. And he starts talking about that. So I'm like, like, I have all the people that could be in this spa. My friend, his dad had passed away. Me, my mum and dad had passed away. Her mum had passed away. His mum had passed away. And we are just the same people in this spa, in this moment in time, together on this cruise. And so I'm like, whoa, this is hectic. Anyway, she starts going back and talking. And my friend, I'm like, oh, man, this is getting, like, crazy now. Let's just play it cool, Braden. Let's play it cool. And he's like, he's just, like, turning up the volume. (laughs) He's, like, going for it. And then he just goes, you know what? I believe that God speaks. And I'm like, oh, no, he's going for it. (laughs) He is going for it. He goes, I believe that God speaks to, to people. It's called prophecy, and I believe that God can speak a word to you right now. In fact, I believe that God's got a word for you, that you're not just called to be the average Joe, that God's actually marked you with a purpose. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. For so much of your life, you've lived in shame, but God wants to unlock something on the inside of you. There is something powerful on the inside of you. I'm like, preach it! You know, like, he's just going for it, and uh, he's going for it. By by this point, that guy, he's like, all right, this beer is gone. He's finished it, and he's gone, like, he's got up out of the spa, and he's gone on and this and and he just keeps going with his lady he says can I pray for you right now and he prays for her in that moment and and just takes a moment and says pray God's got a great plan and purpose for your future I encourage you find a place where you can get involved in church find a place where you can just serve God find a place where you can unlock that destiny that is on the inside of you and then we get up out of the spa and move on to the next thing that we're doing that day and I'm like what just happened And I was so inspired by this young guy because he had this genuine faith. He had this authenticity about his faith that he didn't care who heard it. He didn't care how loud it was. He didn't care what was going on around him. He was just going to tell the story that was happening on the inside of his life. And I felt so challenged. I thought, I'm a pastor. I should be more like that. I should have more enthusiasm to share my faith like that. I was so convicted in that moment. And I thought, you know what? I can do better. There's more on the inside of me. I want to be the kind of person that can have those conversations and not be ashamed in those moments. To be honest, my first thought was, bro, bro, play it cool. And the more that I kept thinking that, the more he was just like, this is an opportunity. Like, I thought he was going to get up out of the spa and be like, salvation altar call to everybody (laughs) in the spas around. He was just going for it. But there's just something about a genuine, authentic faith. Do you know it's a bit like genuine brands? 
There's so many different companies that try to run off those knockoff brands, those brands that aren't actually genuine, the, the fake kind of brands that we can kind of get for clothing or for a wallet or, or a bag or something like that. And you can see all of these things at markets and different places, but there's just something about a genuine brand. It just feels different when you own something that's genuine. You know you just didn't get it for $10 at the markets. You know it cost you something. And you know that it's real, it's the real deal, it's genuine. And there's something about our faith when it's genuine. When we've got this authentic relationship with Jesus that we're not just coming to perform on a Sunday by lifting up our hands, we're not just coming to go through the motions in a service, but it's actually something, there's actually a true relationship that's functioning in our life, then out of that overflow we come to worship God. Out of that overflow, we have conversations on a Monday morning with people at work. Out of that overflow, it just comes out of our life. I love in 1 Peter 1 verse 6, it says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. We all have seasons, ups and downs, moments where our faith is tested. Moments where we doubt, moments when we have fear, moments where we wonder where God is even in the midst. And can I encourage you this morning that doubt is not the enemy of faith. Doubt is a part of faith. Because when you're truly walking on the water, you're wondering whether your next step will be held. When you're truly stepping out in faith, there is moments of doubt. And I would say, don't be afraid of doubt. Lean into Jesus in the midst of the doubt. But don't be afraid of those moments. Sometimes we treat doubt as the enemy. I think if you're living a faith life, doubt will sometimes surround you because you are stepping out in faith. Romans 12, 9 says, let love be genuine. I just want to read a quick passage this morning and just give a few observations from it. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. If you've got your Bibles, come with me there. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. It says this, Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Have you ever known somebody like that? That they operate in a lot of self-righteousness. Righteousness is the understanding that the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross is enough for you. The right standing with God has been brought from you, brought for you, and so therefore you can have a relationship with God and you are made righteous because of the work that Jesus has done. Righteousness is right standing with God. You are made righteous not because of your works, not because of your good ability or your behavior. You are made righteous by putting your trust in Jesus Christ and receiving His grace, receiving forgiveness that is won for you on the cross. But unfortunately, sometimes we turn that to self-righteousness, where we make that about ourselves and our own abilities and the things that we have done and the approval that we believe we have earned, and therefore we try to build ourselves up and make ourselves self-righteous. And let me just say this morning, it's actually easier to do the longer you have been in Christ. I have found that myself, that we start to compare our sanctification with somebody else's sanctification. In other words, we start to compare their journey of faith 
with our journey of faith. And you may have been a Christian for 15 years and you look at the person that's just become a Christian and you can look at their life and some of their behaviors and some of the things that they're doing and you can find yourself comparing and thinking, you know what, well, I'm, I'm 15 years ahead of that. <laughs> they shouldn't be acting like that. That behavior is not right. And we can start to compare ourselves. In fact, comparison is ripping our world apart. So much of what we do today and the way that we operate today and so many of the insecurities that are in people's life today, depression and anxiety that people are facing today, so much of that can be boiled down to a comparison mindset. We jump on social media and we look at what this person has, what they're doing, their great life, and then we look back at ours. Even our food doesn't feel the same. Because we just saw on Insta someone was having this incredible meal. And here I am just having my two-minute noodles. Because <laughs> somebody else's smiling family, and we look at ours, and there's just kids running around the house. There's chaos. The house is messy. And we can find ourselves just comparing. But it goes a whole bunch deeper than that. We can find ourselves being jealous of the different people that are around us, wishing that we were somebody else. Instead of seeing the special person that God has created you to be, the individual person that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I want to be the kind of person that can be the best me that I can be. See, I'm a, I'm a bargain hunter. I love bargains. Somebody that loves, I love a sale. Actually, I'm one of those guys that I actually don't mind shopping. I'm going to admit it. I don't mind shopping. I, I like going through clothes shops, but I really like a bargain. I like when something's marked down. I think I got this from my mum. She used to always take me the different sales and different things. And I just, I just love getting a bargain. And we can find ourselves in life always trying to, trying to, to haggle to get these bargains and comparing the, the real price. In fact, that's one of my favorite things to do, to see what the real price was and then come home and then announce what I got it for. It's like, yeah, that's right. It just feels good. But can I tell you this morning that the same price was paid for every one of us by Jesus Christ on the cross. He didn't give a bargain for that person. He gave the same full price cost, the blood of Jesus Christ, that was given for every one of us. And yet we compare ourselves on all of these other things. Instead of comparing ourselves on the sacrifice and the price that's been paid, which is the same for us all. Why do we spend so much time comparing? Why do we spend so much time robbing ourselves of what God has given us? Galatians 6 verse 4 says this, but each one must carefully scrutinize his own work, examining his actions, attitudes, and behaviors. And then he can have the personal satisfaction and inner joy of doing something commendable without comparing himself to another. I want to be that kind of person. It goes on in this main passage that we're talking about this morning in Luke chapter 18. Jesus says, Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like the other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, Oh God, 
Be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Three ways to avoid being genuine. The first one is this, judging others. Have you noticed that a genuine product doesn't have to spend a whole bunch of time trying to convince other people that it's genuine? It doesn't start judging the fake products. It doesn't, like a, a Gucci bag, doesn't start going, you know what, that's a fake bag over there. It just is genuine. It just bees who it's meant to be. And one of the things that I find in people's lives is when there's not a genuine heart, that they spend a lot of their time criticizing and judging other people. When it's not genuine on the inside and there's not a genuine love, a genuine faith on the inside of them, a genuine trust in Jesus themselves, genuine relationship there that sustains and builds and gives life to them, that they're connected to that relationship with Him in an authentic way, then you can find yourself judging other people. The Bible says, judge not that you be not judged. In other words, that we wouldn't focus our time just concentrating on other people and judging them, that we would understand what God has called us to do and that we would do that. But the problem is so much of our life is about trying to project this perfection, trying to project to others that we actually have it all together. And we've got to be careful as church people that we don't do that. Because we are just as dirty as the sinners that are around us in this world, but we have just been recipients of God's grace. It doesn't make us any better than anybody else. And so much of our life can be spent trying to emulate, trying to create this environment where our life looks perfect. But can I tell you, as a preacher, that the best messages that I preach, the ones that seem to resonate with people the, the most, are when I talk to people about my weaknesses and my frailties. When I talk to people about the things that I have done wrong, the failures that I've made, the weak points in my life where I didn't have it all together. And people say to me afterwards, you know what, that connected with me. Thank God for people that come up here and tell you how good they are. I wish I could do that. Thank God for preachers that, 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 that tell you these incredible faith stories and that is incredible to inspire us. But it's also good to know that sometimes, you know what, they fail just like us. I love preachers that are just so real and honest. That they're broken just like us, but they're just trusting God anyway. I don't want to be somebody that's just focused on judging others. I want to be somebody that has a bigger spirit. You look at Jesus and his life. He could have been judging everyone. Because he knew the truth. He knew who he was. He knew the behavior of the people around him at times was just so poor. But even people like Judas, who he knew was going to betray him, he didn't judge him. I'll tell you what, if I was going to have a last supper, a last meal with somebody, and I knew that they were going to betray me, they would be off the invite list. But Jesus still invited him. He still had him there, even though he knew he was going to betray him. He chose to have that meal with him, to show him he was loved, even when he knew the truth. Judging others. The second thing is justifying self. When you look at this, he starts to say, this Pharisee, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of my income. 
He's trying to build up this argument of how great he is. But I love that Jesus just sees straight through it. Your good works are like dirty rags. The things that you try and put forward is like, all right, this is my position, or these are the things that I have, or these are the things that I've attributed by my behavior, or these are the things that I've earned. Jesus just says, you know what? That is nothing. That's not genuine. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and that all they do is just talk about themselves? <laughs> they just spend the whole time talking about how good they are, the things they've achieved, the things that they've done, and you almost feel exhausted after the conversation because <laughs> they've spent the whole time talking about themselves. You know, they can work both ways with justification. A prideful person tries to justify themselves and their own behavior and justify why they've achieved this certain level of success. But an insecure person can do the same. They can justify why they're a failure, why they could never be used by God, why nothing could ever happen in their life. Both of these things have a root cause of pride because we start to doubt that God could actually do above and beyond what is actually in our own natural ability. And we can justify ourselves out of ever doing anything great for God. And then we can justify ourselves trying to talk about how great we are. Both of them are wrong. I don't want to be the kind of person that's always justifying, always trying to talk about how good I am. I love Proverbs 22 verse 1. It says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. And third and finally this morning, jostling for position. We read on it, it says, But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. See, the Pharisee, he wanted the prominent position in the church. He wanted to be up the front. He wanted everyone to know that he was praying. He wanted everyone to know that he gave away a tenth of his income. He wanted everyone to know all the great deeds that he'd done. But this guy just lingering in the back, this tax collector, despised tax collector is how the Bible describes him. Because tax collectors were known for ripping off people in the day and age, the culture and the times that we're speaking about. And so he was despised by people. And here he was at the back of the pews in the, in the dark section. And God says, no, 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 there's a genuine heart. There's someone that came here for God that's not looking for position or accolades. He's not trying to make his way to the front, but he's just got a genuine heart. You can sit on the front row, you can sit on the back row, you can sit somewhere in between and you can still have a genuine heart. It's not about your position. It's not about your title. It's not about any of those things. You know, I've talked today about serving. Serving is not about you being more accepted. Serving is just about you being effective. You're no more accepted because you serve on a team than somebody that never, ever serves on a team. And I hope we'll always be in an environment here at this church where you feel like it doesn't matter whether I serve or don't serve, whether I give or don't give, you're not treated any different. God loves you just the same. You're not better or worse than anybody. Your behavior, the things you've done, your history, your past. Me being a pastor, it doesn't make me any more loved than you. It doesn't make me any better than you at all whatsoever. Our position isn't worth jostling for. Trying to kind of climb the ladder and be better than somebody else. You know, when I was at school, we used to have this family that we'd go past on the bus and uh, they were low socioeconomic family and 
They're actually friends of our family. My mom was very good with just loving people where they're at. And so we spent a lot of time without, with, with families and people that weren't the cool people. It was a killer to my young ego. <laughs> because when we get on this bus, literally when we would pass this family's home, everyone would hold their breath and say, we're going past this family's house. They're so dirty, let's hold our breath. And everyone on the bus would hold their breath and hold their nose as we went past this person's house. And I'd be thinking, you know what? Probably tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to be at their house. We're going to be there. And it was just a harsh reminder that we, we even do that as adults. We judge people. We judge people because of their social standing. We judge people because of their behavior, because of their past, because of the things that we've done. We've got to be so careful that we don't be jostling for position and try and make ourselves to the front and think, oh, that person there, they don't, they're not as worthy as I am. I don't want to be that kind of church. I don't want to be that kind of people. I don't want to be that kind of Christian. I want my faith to be genuine. I don't want to be jostling. And so finally in Psalm 51 verse 10, it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I don't know about you this morning, but I don't want to be the kind of person that is just jostling for position, that's judging others, that's justifying self. I I want to be the kind of person that has a genuine, authentic faith, a genuine, authentic love for people. I don't want it to be something that's fake. I want it to be real. And I think the strength of a church is not in our sound and our lighting and our presentation on a Sunday. The strength of our church is in actually people being genuine and being real. Because a lot of people have seen enough fakes. They've seen enough people that try and act that they're self-righteous and they've had it all together. You talk to people that aren't Christians and they've usually, unfortunately, not a Christian because they've had an experience with a self-righteous Christian. And I don't want to be that kind of person. I want to be like, hey, I'm dirty just like you. But, but for the grace of Jesus Christ, go I. But by the grace of Jesus Christ, go all of us. I thank God for the increase in this church and the growth and the momentum. But I'll tell you what, if we ever take our focus in our eyes of Jesus Christ, we'll miss the whole point. That growth will be gone in a moment. We won't be building anything. We'll just be maintaining a system, a service, a structure. And I'm not into that. I'm into the Holy Spirit doing something on the inside of us, stirring us up, a faith in Jesus Christ that's so real that it changes our Mondays and our Tuesdays and our Wednesdays. I don't want to just produce Sunday Christians. I want to make disciples of Jesus. I want us to be real and genuine day in, day out, just seeking Jesus passionate about him we can choose to do that so Lord today I pray for every person in this building this morning every person that's listening on on the live stream today Lord you know us you know our heart you know our frailties you know our weakness you know our messes Lord and you love us anyway and Lord Jesus I pray that we'd be the kind of church that is genuine that at our core, at our heart, we're just genuine people loving you, doing our best to seek you, to serve you, Lord God, to follow you, not forgetting what a disciple is, a follower of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for church and all the activities and all the things that we do. 
as a church. But Lord, I pray that we'd come back this morning to our first love, our relationship with you. Just like David said, oh Lord, creating me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. I pray that today, some of those things that have clung to us, Lord God, that are maybe fake or not real, that I pray that I would just drop off this morning. And that you'd bring our heart back to a genuine relationship with you. A genuine faith. A genuine love for people, I pray. And Lord, I ask it this morning. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. And with your eyes closed and heads bowed just for a moment as I conclude. If you're here this morning and you just know that you need to have a relationship with Jesus. You just know you need to make peace with God this morning. I don't know where you sit spiritually, but I know that deep in your heart, there's an understanding there or not whether you are right with God. And this morning, it's as simple as praying a prayer to say, God, I open up my heart to you. I want to know you in a personal way. I want this to be genuine and I want this to be real this morning. I want to know you personally. And if you're in here this morning and you want to make that decision to follow Jesus and to have a relationship with him, I just want to ask you right now, just lift up your hand just high enough and long enough so that I can see it. I'm going to pray a general prayer. I'm not going to call you out. And I just want to pray this morning for you to just genuinely know Jesus, genuinely have that relationship with him that changes everything. So if that's you this morning, just lift your hand right now and I'll pray for you today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every one of us, Lord God. I thank you that you've got a plan and a purpose for our lives. I thank you for our friends and our family members, Lord, that don't know you, Lord. I thank you that you love them, Lord, and you've got a plan for their life, our work colleagues, the people we go to school with, Lord. And I just pray that increasing numbers, we'd see more and more people come to know the love of Jesus Christ, your kindness that leads us to repentance, Lord. I pray that this morning that we'd have people that would genuinely find purpose and answers in this house, Lord God. As we strengthen home, I pray that this would be a house of salvation and a house of hope. And Lord, I pray it would be a place where people just come and seek you out, Jesus. That our lives would be in pursuit of you, in a relationship with you. And we pray and we ask it right now. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, I hope you've been encouraged today. I hope you've been built up and inspired today to live the genuine life that God's called you to live.